Well, welcome to Good News Hendo. We're so glad to have you with us. Uh, we're, we're just enjoying this time together, and I hope you are too. We, we want to get some good news out there. I've said it a couple times already on the podcast, and I'll say it again. When I hear the word news, I get a little sick feeling in my stomach because it almost feels like news anymore is bad news. And I see the news come on, and I think, oh, goodness, what bad thing has happened today. We want to counteract that a little bit, and we want to give you some good news. So we're regularly going to be coming to you with good things going on in our community. And I'm really excited, really thrilled to have uh, – guest here today, Corey Justice. I am so thankful for you, man. I've known Corey for a few years now. Met him as I served as a chaplain with the Henderson County Sheriff's Department. He is truly a local hero. Done so many good things. I've seen him out on calls. I've seen him in devotionals. I've seen him in many places and many different capacities, and he's just a great guy. Glad to have you in this community, man. Glad to be here. What we're talking about today certainly did not start with good news. Um, you probably didn't think uh, several months ago that you'd be on a podcast about good news because this thing didn't start out well at all. I remember being out on a call with um, the uh, Sheriff's Department, and it was a really tragic one, a really tough one to deal with, and we just were out there having prayer with a family. And when I got finished, the uh, sergeant there, um, you know him, I won't call his name, but he came up to me. He said, uh, we really need to pray for Brianna. She's in the hospital. And it was during that time, and um, it, it struck me, even out on a call that was so tragic, uh, you guys and your family were on the hearts and the minds of the deputies out there, and they were saying, let's pray. So we just stopped and prayed uh, right there on the scene for her, and uh, what a time that was. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't all get the answer to our prayers that we wanted to get, and sometimes you don't, uh, but... Uh, so much good has come out of that. Could you just tell us the story, Corey? Just walk us through uh, what happened with your precious wife and your family. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my wife was pregnant with our third child. Uh, we have a four-year-old and a six-year-old, two boys. Um, she was pregnant at about 30 weeks with our little girl. Um, and in mid-July, we both were diagnosed with COVID. And both were kind of on the tail end of it but what for whatever reason hers took a change of course and she started to digress and she was admitted to mission hospital um and was in the icu for treatment uh while she was still pregnant and they they finally decided they were going to intubate her and do an emergency c-section deliver our baby at 31 weeks and she was intubated on the ventilator and didn't recover and she passed away from from covid um on august 2nd and at that point my our daughter was in the NICU admission um she was trying to grow and get strong and uh, i was of course at home with our four-year-old six-year-old as well what an experience to i just can't imagine that have a baby in the NICU and your wife mm-hmm. uh, passing away. Uh, when news came out in the community about that, man, our hearts were all stirred for you and your family, and our prayers were going up. Um, I could definitely sense that. It's uh, yeah. it's kind of a cliche statement, but uh, in that hardship uh, of intense remorse and just confusion and um, not understanding, it was like God just 
placed a sense of peace on me that I've never felt before in my life. Wow. I read in the scripture about the peace that passes understanding. And and when I think of it as passes understanding, it almost feels like a, a peace that doesn't even make sense. That's exactly what it was. It, it did not make sense. And that's not to say that there wasn't hardship, there wasn't remorse, there wasn't sadness, there wasn't confusion and anger and frustration. Uh, all those emotions were still there, but it seemed like in the times that were the hardest, God would just bless me with a just a, 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 a crazy peace that I've got this. He just kept reminding me, I've got this, I've got this. And that's those that short term just a lot of times just gave me peace and, and kept me allowing me to put one foot in front of the other and do what I needed to do and continue to do what I need to do. What did it, I, this very subjective, what did it feel like when that peace just came? What was it like inside? I, I can't imagine, I've never been to a depth like that. I've never had an experience so right. tragic. I've had some tough times. What was it like in those moments? It's it's really kind of difficult to to explain in a in a way that really makes sense and and, sure. and allows people to really understand it uh, because I don't think you really can understand it until you experience it. Um, mm -hmm. But um, you know, just in those days and in those times where there's so many reminders of my wife, uh, you know, in the house, you know, mm -hmm. things are exactly how they were whenever she got admitted to the hospital, mm -hmm. and think about plans that you have and you know it just your your course of life has just changed immediately and in those times where you're just struck with just an intense level of sadness and remorse and uh and anger towards the situation and you just you literally don't think that you can keep your head up and you literally don't think that you can keep going and and in those times that I would reach that point where I was just at, at my wits end where I just didn't think I could do it that's when it's it's like uh it's hard, it's really hard to describe it's it's like there's just this uh solitude like this mm -hmm. uh like mm -hmm. at the end of a storm whenever you have a really really bad storm that mm -hmm. that comes and and crazy winds high high amounts of, of rain and at the end of that storm the sun beams through the clouds mm -hmm. and you're it's just i know that doesn't even hold a candle to the way that it felt but just uh it's like God just immediately took away that intense feeling and just constantly reminded me that he's he has this in control, that even though I don't understand it, and a lot of people don't understand it, and probably never will understand it, that it all is in his plan and that he is doing what is supposed to happen. And wow. and it's uh it's it's just been a it's been a crazy ride for sure. Corey, so many people need that right now. I, I just, I can only imagine people listening to your words right now and that just being like a, a lifeline from heaven to them. Because whatever degree they're suffering, your story is it's pretty extreme for us to think about. But there's so much suffering going on right now in our community and around the world. COVID, uh, strife, division. Uh, uncertainty is out there and I hear so many people I don't know that I've ever lived in a time where there was more uncertainty and despair wow that those words speak to so many people Absolutely. speaks to me today wow and it was a foreign thing to me too because mm -hmm. throughout my life I've, I've encountered hardships just like anybody else have mm -hmm. um, 
And that, and I, and I've heard, I've grown up in church my entire life, and I, I've always heard that. I've always read that that uh, when you need it the most, God will provide what you need when you need it. Um, mm-hmm. And and before you need it, He's not going to necessarily provide it because you don't need it in that moment. And, and that's always been kind of a foreign idea to me um, because I've never really experienced something to the level that I've experienced right now and have been experiencing over the last three months. But um, just always continuing to look uh, towards God and towards the cross and focusing on the cross instead of the storm and changing your perspective in the midst of the storm is what has has helped me tremendously in this process. What do you want the community to remember about your wife? What do you want people to remember about Brianna? Oh, man, we could be here for hours. It's okay. (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, my wife was very intentional. Uh, mm-hmm. And intentional is a is a broad term, and she used it in a broad way. Uh, she was intentional with our kids. She was intentional with me. She was intentional with her finances. Uh, mm-hmm. She was intentional with um, her church service. Uh, she mm-hmm. was intentional with everything in her life. And if she got something in her head that she was going to do, she was going to do it 110 percent. Mm-hmm. And um, and I I know for a 100 percent fact that if Brianna was told at any point in her life that she would, would die at the age of 31 years old, but that but her death would in turn allow people to find Christ, I know for a 100% fact that she would have accepted that and, and accepted that she was going to die at 31 years old because she knows that she's in heaven, she would go to heaven, and that would allow other people to be in heaven as well. That is, wow, that is such a joy in serving Christ that we know no matter what happens down here, even though some of our prayers don't get answered exactly the way we want them to, that we have a home in heaven and our eternity is secure. Right. Uh, It it must give you tremendous peace just to know that where she is now. It does. And what she's left behind. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely, and I and I just have to go back to that sovereignty of God. I, mm-hmm. I, that's the only that's the only structure that I have. Uh, that's the only thing that really makes sense, and it's hard to even make sense of that. Uh, sovereignty is a is a deep deep thing, uh, but I have to rely on that faith that God is sovereign and God doesn't make mistakes, and God uses everything, whether it be a hardship, whether it be a success, whether it Whatever it is in life, God uses it for Him if you allow it, and uh, and that's just what I got to focus in. And I know, like I said, I know that she would she would be one hundred percent willing to do whatever she needed to do if she knew that it meant people coming to Christ. Incredible. How does it feel, Corey, when you hear stories and and we have stories of people who battled COVID? And everybody prayed for them, and they came through. We've, we've had stories like that, and we'll probably have some on, on Good News Hendo here in yep. the near future. We have some people who were just at death's door, and people prayed, and they came through. Does that land on you kind of hard? It, it, I can imagine that it would. It does, definitely. Uh, you know, We live in a sinful, fallen world, and uh, Satan tries to take every opportunity that he can to root himself in a situation. 
and I have to be I have to be careful in those situations because it is sometimes difficult to hear of people's success in COVID because I I don't see the fairness in that. Yeah, yeah. And I I don't uh, a lot of times understand it. Um, yeah. You know, Brianna did everything she could to be healthy. She ate healthy. She exercised. Uh, I mean, her her education at Clemson University was in health health education and nutrition. And I mean, she did everything she could to try to be healthy. But again, it goes back to sovereignty of God. It makes absolutely no sense why she was the one that God chose to allow COVID to overtake her. But at the end of the day, God knew on the day that she was born that she was going to die on August second, twenty twenty one and exactly what she was going to die from just like he knows that for all of us and and i have to always hold on to that because again sovereignty of god is the only confident structure thing right now that i have to really have faith in that's the the concrete evidence that that i have that this all is is okay and this is all for the good hmm. Hmm. I had no idea you were such a powerful theologian. <laughs> I didn't either. You didn't know I didn't man. either until about three months ago. And then I was like, you know what? I can either sit here and allow this to overtake me. I can allow this to put me in a pit of despair and and, and allow this to, to ruin me. Or I can stand up. I can take it on the chin. And I can push forward, do what I need to do for my kids lead them right and do what Brianna would expect me to do and and allow this to not be in vain and allow this situation to like I said bring people closer to God mm. and and share my experience share my hardships mm. share my successes share my my emotions with other people mm-hmm. because there are so many layers to this onion and it can be relative to a lot of other situations other than just a spouse dying of COVID. Mm. I mean, there are oh yeah a lot of different avenues in this that can help people, and that's that's what I want to do. I want to use this to help people. I was a little hesitant. You know, I've known you a long time and texted you some through this, and uh, when I texted you just the other day about the podcast, I was a little hesitant because I, I didn't want it to sound like, uh, man, we're just trying to capitalize in any way on this guy's suffering and story. Right. But I just felt... Uh, what I'm seeing right now, I just feel like there's some people listening right now that this is just, this is a uh, bullseye to their situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you responded in, in such a great way. You said, hey, I don't want my wife to have died in vain and any glory we can give God in this situation, I want to do it. So that's like what, that wasn't even a week ago and here we are today recording this, man. Right. Thank you for being willing to do that. How are your kids doing? They're doing okay. Yeah. Um, you know, my six-year-old son, he's a little bit older and his personality has always been a softer, uh, more in-depth thinker, more emotional, uh, not in a, in a weak way, but he just is always, uh, questioned and tried to understand. And, you know, he wears his emotions on his sleeve a lot more so than my four-year-old does, um, and with him being older, he's more aware. He, of course, was around her more of his life. And uh, he he asks a lot of deep questions. And they come at the most inopportune time. Because yep. there's days where I'm I'm okay. I'm getting through my day. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm able to kind of keep my mind off things, not let them go down the wrong avenue. 
and then out of the blue he 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 gets me and he'll ask me a deep rooted question and I'm like how in the world are you thinking of these questions at six years old and and it's you know it, it's difficult uh, it's difficult to muster the energy for for myself emotionally to grow and heal from this uh, but then also have you know to really kind of pick my kids up and and walk them through this situation as well and and it's hard man I'm not gonna lie it's hard no doubt no doubt I cannot imagine don't want to imagine being right. in that situation right well how are the other two doing they're they're four and uh, one now right With well pleasure. three months she's uh, our baby has three months she was born on july 24th yeah. uh, so she's three months old and then our uh our other son is, is four he just turned okay. four yeah and uh, uh logan's doing good uh logan is our daughter um mm-hmm. she uh She's doing well. She's at home. She was in the NICU for about five weeks. And um, whenever she came home, she's just done great, man. I mean, it's been a few wrinkles that need to be ironed out. You know, she, uh, she, but she's, she's growing, um, you know, eating about every three hours. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's another kind of hardship in this situation is I got the, the kids and, and work and, getting up every three hours to feed Logan and, you know, but, but again, I, I can't stress enough that God provides when you need it the most. And this has just been a true, the truest example. I've heard it. I've said it a million times, but I've never experienced that until now. But as long as you have Jesus in your life, he will provide when you need it the most. And wow. I can't I can't be any more of a testament to that than than the situation that I am right now. This reminds me of a church service I was in with a friend many many years ago and there was this powerful gospel drama good news of Jesus drama sort of thing and he and I walked out and he told me this he said buddy if I wasn't saved today I would have gotten saved in this service. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, if anybody can hear you say that I would be running to Jesus right now if I didn't know him because you've been there, man. This is not smoke and mirrors. This is not pie in the sky. This is a guy who's been through. There's very little that can be imagined harder than what you've been through. And you're sitting here telling me God's been faithful through all that. Man, that encourages my heart. Absolutely. I hope somebody listening will just uh, surrender themselves to Jesus today and find the peace that you found in the middle of that situation. Wow. I was really moved by the, uh, I saw on Facebook the picture of uh, your little man's first day at school. Mm-hmm. Tell us what happened there. I just saw a picture, just the picture. I shared it on my Facebook, and it brought tears to so many people's eyes. They commented and responded to me. Tell us about that day. Well, I'll, I'll kind of start with a backstory to yeah. this because, uh, you know, going back to the whole intentionality of my wife, um, one thing that she was very intentional on, amongst many other things, is starting off my kids' education right. And from when Grayson, our oldest, was probably three years old, it seemed like, she would start at home preschool where she would follow this curriculum um, for preschool. And she really wanted to build a foundation of good education before they went to school. Um, and, you know, she she 
we, we live right on the line between Edneyville Elementary and Clear Creek Elementary. Both are great mm-hmm. schools, mm-hmm. and she wanted to really make sure that she was making the best decision she could as to which school he went to. Mm-hmm. So uh, a couple, I mean, within within a month before she passed away, uh, she she went and met the principals, toured the school, you know, did her research to try to figure out what was going to be the best option for Grayson to start. So she decided on Edneyville Elementary, and that first day was just going to be so big for her. And I knew that. Uh, we talked about that many times, how emotional it was going to be. Uh, you know, it was our first, you know, son, child going to school. So I knew there was going to be emotion in that anyways. Um, but with her intentionality of really trying to get him ready, and then now she's releasing him to another teacher to really take over the reins and continue his education, I knew that would be hard. So I knew there was going to be emotion in it anyways, and I knew it was going to be a big day for her, uh, a proud day but also a sad day. And when she passed away and I came to the realization that she wasn't going to be there for that day, uh, I knew that it would be even more emotional for everyone, for me, for Grayson. And, and I, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to make it special for Grayson. Uh, you know, I wanted him to feel loved. I wanted him to feel like, okay, Mom can't be here today, but there's a bunch of other people that are willing to be here to make your day special. And man, did they. Um, that was I, I I was just blown away by the amount of people that were there and just how 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 much they just poured into that situation. It wasn't there they weren't there because they had to be. They weren't there because they were told to be. They were there because they genuinely wanted to be there to show Grayson that they loved him and that they supported him and that they they had his back. So who was there? We just saw a picture. Uh, we we can uh, probably put the picture up for the those watching on YouTube. We could put a picture up of it. But who was actually there? Man, uh, I just saw. A, a, well, a, a, they couldn't fit in the whole picture. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot of guys from the sheriff's office. Oh yeah. The sheriff himself was there. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whole entrance to Edneyville Elementary was lined with yep. patrol cars and fire trucks. That was wow. Uh, Blue Ridge was there. Edneyville was there. Uh, I think there was some guys from Hendersonville Fire Department was there. I mean, there was just there was uh, a bunch of fire trucks, a bunch of patrol cars, and one of the coolest things was the Clemson Tiger mascot was there. Wow! And he was there, and Grayson lit up about that. And that's where my wife went to school. Yeah, she went graduated from Clemson. We've always been Clemson fans. Awesome. And uh, somehow somebody pulled some strings and got got the Clemson Tiger up there and he was standing at the entrance of the school greeted Grayson and just, just did everything they could to make his day special what was his reaction how, how'd you get him out of the car how, how, or was it I guess you took him in the car and yeah. tell us how that happened yeah. so uh we 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 were able to kind of put uh, take him later so every, all the other kids you right. know were went right. at, went at eight um and the teacher was okay with us coming a little bit later so uh, kindergartners split so some start on one day some start on the other mm-hmm. day so there's not so much of a overwhelming thing going on but we uh we got there about eight thirty. all the other kids had already made their way in the school all the fire trucks patrol cars everything was lined up and with their lights on and of course he lit up i mean he he loves fire trucks and patrol cars he always has and he got excited about that and he he didn't understand that they were there for him at first and i had to kind of explain that to him as we were going down the road and uh 
he, he's a little on the shy side when he gets out, but then he, he you know, they're all kind of giving him high fives as we were going down closer to the school. You know, they all lined up, and we just went down the road and gave him, gave him high fives, and then that kind of started building him up. He's like, okay, maybe this is for me. This I, I can see this. I can feel this love coming here. And uh, once he started understanding as much as a six-year-old can that this was for him and to, to build him up and encourage him and let him know people care about him, that's whenever he really started getting excited, and I could sense that, uh, all right, I, I got this. I'm scared. I'm six years old. I'm starting kindergarten. I don't have my mom here. But you know what? I got this. And I could see that building in him. Wow. And and he uh, he went into school like a like a trooper, and he's, he's done good since. I mean. Wow. What a memory that's going to be for him for the rest of his life. Who else in the world gets a welcome like that your very first day at school? And who deserves it more than that little man? <laughs> wow. Wow. Next year he's going to go to school and it's not going to be anything going on. He's like, well, where's all the fire trucks? Where's, <laughs> where's all the patrol cars? Where's all of Henderson County to welcome me to first grade? Right. Oh, wow. What a beautiful story. Yep. I know uh, you felt the love from our community. Hendersonville, Henderson County, this area, man, we're just so blessed to live here with the people we live with. Absolutely. When you're hurting, these people love on you. They That's do. Something we say here in North Carolina, they love on you. They do. You felt that, I know. They, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anything from just text and phone calls to people bringing dinner to um, – just, I mean, I could go on and on and on. I mean, it's just been such an outpouring of of, of support and, and love from people in the community. People mm-hmm. I don't even know that have just been struck by the situation. And uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, there's not another word for it. Just amazing. Oh, it is to us to see that happen. Man, we could talk all day long. I don't even know what our time is, but it's gone by quickly. Let me close with this. So many people struggle when they're dealing with someone who's walking through grief. I get asked sometimes, well, what do I say? What do I do? Um, what would your advice be to people out there who are trying to help others through grieving situations like you're going through? A lot of it's going to depend on the personality of the person that's going through the grieving process. Okay. Um, but I will say from my experience, what has helped me the most is feeling, having the reassurance that I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's a broad statement and it doesn't really help answer your question. Oh, it does. But letting the person know that you're there, but not crossing the line of smothering that person because mm-hmm. they do need time mm-hmm. to open their box and and that's a whole other topic but mm-hmm. when i say open the box they have to what i've found in my process is i have emotions that are in a box and in my in my time in law enforcement you kind of learn to put emotions in a box and mm-hmm. a lot of times you want to just put that emotion that emotional box at the top of your closet and not ever open it but eventually those emotions are going to come out of that box whether you want them to or you don't so you kind of have to regulate that box and you have to get to the point where, okay, I need to open this box and I need to let these emotions that are raw and real emotions, I need them out. And, and in those times you got to, if, if you're helping someone in the grieving process, sometimes people need encouragement to open that box. That's me. 
I needed that encouragement to open the box and I continue to need that encouragement to open that box because that's not what I want. I don't want to feel those raw emotions. I don't want to feel the the hurt and hardships and a lot of those emotions that are in that box. So I want to keep that box duct taped and put into the top of the closet. But I, sometimes I need that encouragement to, all right, these emotions are real. They're scary. They're not really pleasant feelings. But those are part of the process of working through this grief. And again, when you find yourself in that hard time of opening that box and, and, and really feeling those raw emotions, that's when God really shows himself and really helps you and, and just provides more than you can ever explain. And, and, that's, and that's what you really got to encourage the people that are in their grief process to really reach that point where they, they are regulating that emotional box, hmm. but also encouraging them that it's part of the process, this is normal, but God's got you in this. And God is going to continue to be with you through this, and God is going to use this for his glory in some ways, form, or fashion. And just that constant uh, reminding of the person that's going through the grief process that you're there for them. Hmm. I'm here. You know, shoot them a text at 10, uh, 10 o'clock at night whenever they're trying to wind down and their mind's going array. Hmm. Uh, hmm. You know, let them show up. If, if you're close enough to them, don't wait on them to call you because a lot of times they're not going to want the, to feel the burden of, of, okay, I don't want to burden this person with my situation because right. they have enough of their own situation going on. Don't, I mean, just go, go to their house, go check on them, go call them. Uh, you know, so that's, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, that's a broad answer, but for me, it's a great answer. That's what has, has helped me. Man, I need to be taking notes over here. I'm going to go back and listen to this. Who helped you open your box, and how did that work out? A lot of people have uh, helped me open my box in a lot of different ways. Okay. Um, but uh, my pastor's Tony Burkhead. At, Love Tony. At Living Water Church. Love and, Tony. Uh, Love that church. And, man, he's he's poured into me in, in ways Beautiful. I never would have imagined. And he's encouraged me in so many ways love it and it's a constant thing i mean that box is a big box and that box has got a lot of stuff in it and it, it's a daily process of of regulating that box like a pressure cooker i mean you gotta if if, if you don't it's gonna blow up and oh, man. and it just uh is a constant thing but and it takes constant encouragement because again like i said i'm not the, i'm not the type of person that likes to carry my emotions on my sleeve and you know I want to put those emotions aside and whether and, and that's just and it's uh, it's a constant thing and, and Tony constantly encourages me to do that and and walks with me every step of the way to do it I know that guy awesome pastor awesome church yep. living water Tony Burkhead love that church so much good comes out of that place and God's doing some good things there absolutely it's part of the good news in Hendo is these great churches we have so many of them all over this community that love on people man I cannot tell you Corey what a blessing this has been uh this has helped me I know it's helping a lot of people out there that are listening um and I just thank you so much uh we're here for you um this community's here for you so many ways you got so much support and um God's going to continue to good, do good things uh, through Brianna's legacy. She lives on with Jesus. 
She lives on in our hearts. I was thinking, need to say this, that people ask me sometimes, do you think we can see back to earth from heaven? I don't know how to answer that question. I don't think there's sorrow in heaven, so I, I don't know. I struggle with that theologically, mm-hmm. but I've just got to believe in my heart when Grayson's coming into school that God's got to peel back the curtain. I know. I know. God's got to peel back the curtain and let her see that. You know, yeah. I just believe, <laughs> knowing Jesus like I do, <laughs> I've got to believe she was part of that moment. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's uh, a that's a question, <laughs> and, it's, and that's something that I've thought a lot about too. I bet, and it's uh, it is it is a deep theological question. Yeah, um, and something that I I ponder on quite a lot. But if there was a time, that would have been that time. That exactly, taking over. If it happens, that's got to be one of right. them, right? right? Yeah, we'll know when we get there one day, but we know where she is. Absolutely. We know she's living with Jesus, and her legacy lives on here. Absolutely. Intentionality with life. Know what you're supposed to be about and be intentional about going after it. Absolutely. She'll she'll leave that with us along with many more things. Corey, thank you so much. Love you, sir. Appreciate yes, all that you. you do. I'm glad to be here. And uh, in this community, thank you. Yes, sir.